When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, welcome, my fellow fanatical elves. This is the Cleveland Oracle Speaks. And actually, there are two oracles today. Not only me, but also my good friend, Joel Cade, who actually knows something about football. I'm pretty good at numbers, I think, and salary cap and stuff like that. But Joel actually played left guard at Notre Dame and knows something about offensive line play. And Joel, I'm very interested in the dilemma that the Cleveland Browns face where they have um, four big salaries on the offensive line and only three positions that they can play. And I think that um, presents a challenge in roster management. But I think that they have uh, two guys that have to play. Ethan Posick is the center, and he's really the only candidate to play center. And I think Dewan Jones, by virtue of being such an outstanding player as a rookie, has to play tackle, probably at right tackle, although I think he has also played left tackle at Ohio State, and he could potentially switch back to left tackle. Everybody loves him at right tackle. So those two guys, I think, um, have to be on the offensive line starting, but then they've got uh, other guys that they're paying huge salaries to, namely Jack Conklin, the former uh, All-Pro. And they have Jed Wills, who is also a tackle. They have Joel Batonio, and they have Wyatt Teller, Um Everybody except for Jed Wills has been to a Pro Bowl, at least. And Wills uh, was somebody that they picked up the fifth-year option on, so he's getting paid a lot of money. So what are we going to do with uh, four guys and only three positions on the offensive line that they can play? Well, uh, thanks for letting me come back onto the show and hang out. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners were aware of of our other podcast, the Cleveland Browniacs, but it's 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 great to be back. Um, yeah, I mean, you got a lot of people, but the other thing you got to remember is Jed or Jed Wills, but uh, Jack Conklin has the annual knee injury, so you're going to need somebody to be back <laughs> while you're paying him all this roster money to be injured. Um, you know, I, I know how you come up with some numbers, and the numbers make sense, but I want to come at it a different way, which is probably why you had me on the show. Let's talk about Ken Dorsey's offense, right? Ken Dorsey's being brought in as the new offensive coordinator, and he's going to want to put his kind of flavor on the offense. So the question is, what becomes important on the offensive line in terms of his offense? Now, traditionally, the Browns have run an outside zone offense, and they've 
needed guards for that offense. You need all pros or at least somebody who can reach a three technique, which Teller and Batonio have been able to do. So the question is, is that necessary for the new offense with Dorsey? I don't know. Okay, I just spent the last hour watching Bill's games, and I've watched a horrible run offense that can't run an an outside zone for their life, and it eventually came down to they can't run the football, so they got rid of Ken Dorsey, and then Josh Allen just threw the ball all over the yard, and that's what they had for offense. So that start of the question is, what does the offense need to look like in a Ken Dorsey offense? So what does the offensive line need to look like? I think you're right in that uh, um, Posick needs to play. I think Batonio needs to play. I think well, Tell- Wyatt Teller needs to play. Jed Wills, you're paying a lot of money to. Um, I'm not sure that lasts after this year. And then you've got this dilemma with Conklin and um, all the name just Dewan Jones. You know, you got this dilemma with Conklin and Jones. And I think Conklin's going to end up getting hurt. We'll see Jones anyway, even if Jones doesn't start the season because of the Conklin injury. So okay, well, so what? So your your plan is to wait for Conklin to get hurt, and then the problem resolves itself. Is that what you're saying? I think that's logical (laughs) and historical, and uh, pretty much I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen so <laughs> I, I was bewildered as to why they extended conklin anyway but i mean well yeah i think i think it was not a smart move but having made that move i, I actually have a proposal there um what i think especially actually um i, I devised this proposal before they uh, enlarged the salary cap but i thought that what they needed to do was to trade uh, one of the guards and uh, possibly that, um, you know, what we don't know is Batonio's actual health situation because Mm -hmm. up to this point, he'd been an Ironman and he played every snap. And then he finally missed some snaps this season. He was kind of banged up and had a back injury, which is, you know, one of the things that uh, can be problematic. But Mm -hmm. two guys uh, that know know him well and understand his uh his uh his history and the impact of the injury on his play uh and that would be alex van pelt who's the offensive coordinator in new england Mm -hmm. and that would also be bill callahan who is uh the offensive line coach in tennessee so i think tennessee and new england might be willing to make a trade uh, with the Browns for Batonio's services if, in fact, they believe that he is uh, going to recover from the injuries that he had in uh, 2023. So I thought uh, that, say that this, they so might we, be willing to make a trade. Let me, let me jump in on this. Yes. Um, if you wanted to trade one of those two guards, okay, I would recommend you trade Wyatt Teller. And I know that's not going to go over well with Carly Teller and that kind of situation, but... I would trade Wyatt Teller because Wyatt Teller is more of a one-dimensional player than Joel Batonio is. Wyatt Teller is an excellent run blocker. Okay. And we've seen all these videos of him pulling and smashing people and blah, 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 blah. But we don't see highlights of his pass blocking. So (laughs) unless it's like, he just like 
totally got beat at the line and gave up a sack. We don't see much of that stuff. And here's the other point. What is easier replaceable, the right right guard or your left guard? And the answer is your right guard because the progression of failed tackles, like let's go back to Jed Wills. Let's say Jed Wills fails as a left tackle. The next thing they're going to do is put him at right tackle. Okay, so you could see him go over to right tackle and Dewan Jones go to left tackle and that be a better situation for the Browns long term. That could be a situation. Now, let's say he fails at right tackle. Where does he go next? Well, next he goes to right guard. Okay, so that's how you end up with a progression. If you don't start as a guard, you end up with failed left tackles going to right tackle who fail at right tackle end up at guard. And there's a lot of those in the league. So you have a better road to replacing Wyatt Teller than you do Joel Petonio because the left guard situation is a lot more difficult to replace because you need that guy to, one, protect the blind side in the pass protection, Two, because you can never move Teller to left guard because of his pass protection situation. So he's always going to be a right guard, period. All right. So you could you could move Batonio, but then you're losing the guy who more than often than not is the one trying to reach a three technique in a zone play. And you really don't want to lose that guy. And you really don't want to lose the guy that's that's protecting your blind side. And for most right-handed running teams, your left guard is the one who's pulling and smashing people more than say Wyatt Teller is. And Batonio is really good at that. So I would say Teller is easier to replace than Batonio and their cap hits are relatively similar. Um, Looking this up, Batonio is the eighth highest paid guard in the league and Teller is the 10th. So there's, there's not much difference in cap hit. You're going to get there. Oh, no, no, no. Here, here's what the difference is that uh, Batonio is, um, only on contract for one year. And so the risk and the, the total investment is relatively small. And um, so I think that you could you could sign him and uh, say, okay, we're just signing him for one year and uh, we'll wait and see what he's going to do after the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, Wyatt Teller's contract is – I'm not sure that he's tradable because his contract is so cuckoo. He's getting paid 11-6 this season. <clears throat> but in Most 2025, of which is wrapped up in bonuses. 2025, he's getting 14-4 in in cap and then um 19-5 in 2026. Well, okay, well, that's right. Let's let's think about what the uh I don't think he lasts that long. You want my honest opinion? I don't, I don't, well, okay, but uh, actually, though, you're right, though, this is bonus money. Let me think about Mm -hmm. how much the salary is going to be. Um, I think 2026 are are, uh, those infamous dead cap years, right? Because if you look up 2020, I'm on uh, Spotrack, right? And 2026, he doesn't even have a base salary, he just has option bonus and restrict restructuring yeah these are these are other bonuses so okay so that bonus money okay that's that's right okay so he can be traded because these bonus monies would get uh would get uh paid by the browns but right and so um, his his dead money let's say they traded him today his dead hit would be 16 7 all right but tonio's if they 
traded him today and like they had to eat the whole thing, his debt would be 16.5. So you're talking the Browns would actually save $200,000 by offing parting ways with Teller than they would with Batonio. Okay. So he could he Wyatt Teller could be traded and the, the uh it would be up to them to negotiate some kind of cost sharing arrangement with the new team. Right. Um, so that they can get the cap situation kind of under control. Mm-hmm. And you do have and Luke Whipler. Take... You do have Luke Whipler in the in the in the wings there, which I think could become an effective guard. Those guys who play center can play guard. Um, yeah, uh, Whipler. Um, Whipler played well mm-hmm. uh, last year in the limited start. I guess he played against Cincinnati, and he did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now that, that's if played. you think you need to break up that guard situation. I don't know if you need to next year. All right. Now you're right. If Batonio starts to break down, maybe you need to think about restructuring some kind of thing, but I'm not sure you want to let Batonio walk out the door as long as he wants to play. I see him as a kind of like a Joe Thomas type figure that like he's going to play as a Brown and retire as a Brown. I mean, if he starts to slow down, I think that's when you try to move him to the right side. Well, all right. Here's what actually what I was thinking is this. Um, all right, let's let's say we trade uh, Teller. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll trade Teller, and um, we're going to put Dewan Jones at right tackle. What do you say we move Conklin to right guard? Does that make any sense to you? What's Would he be better range? off as a? I think that that um, what uh, when. Uh, Conklin played, I think he played at Tennessee before he came to Cleveland, right? Yeah, he was a right tackle at Tennessee. Yeah, but well, what, you'd what have they, to, I think what they did wanted... with him, you know, he had an injury, a knee injury in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And what they told him in Tennessee was, well, you know, you've had a serious knee injury. We want you to uh, lose about uh, 15 pounds in order to take the uh, strain off of that knee. And then when he came to Cleveland, they said, ah, no, put the weight back on and we need you to be big and strong and um, play at a higher level. But I think maybe Tennessee had something there. And so I'm thinking, well, why don't we have tell, um, to have uh, Jack reduce that weight back down to 310 or something mm-hmm. and um, have him move over to guard? Well, if you're, if you're you planning that, that crazy, I, I don't think it's crazy. It's just two things are going to stand in your way. One. Conklin's ego. I mean, if he thinks he can still play right tackle, he's going to look at you like you're insane because tackle gets but paid dude, a lot more. Dude, we got Dewan than... Jones, and he's six seven, weighs three hundred. At that point, you just say it's a business, but right that way you say it's a business. But then you've got to move Conklin one way or another, either to right guard, and he will have to take it and say it's worth it for me to move to right guard to get paid what I'm getting paid. Or I think I could like still play right tackle and I'm willing to take less or whatever the open market is willing to give me to play right tackle. Open market. Are you kidding? We just signed him to a new deal for a bazillion dollars. If they cut him and they want to hit and they want to take uh what's his dead cap if they cut him? Let me see it. I just saw it. Twenty nine point six million. If the Browns want to pull that, <laughs> you know, that, then he's out on the open market. But I, I I think twenty nine right guard would be interesting. Twenty million dollars to give him away—that's crazy. They got. I'm not play saying him. you do that. I'm just putting the options out there of what the options are, right? So I would, I mean, if you want to put Dewan Jones in, I'm just going to point out last year the Browns were playing on 
fourth and fifth string tackles. I mean, at this point in the offseason, you just want to load up on tackles and let the situation play itself out. You don't have to play Jed Wills just because you signed him to his fifth-year rookie deal. You don't have to play him. I think he's better than a lot of people give him, but he will take plays off and get your team in a bad situation occasionally. Okay. I think if you move anybody, I like moving Wills inside. I don't think he does well with those dropbacks, but you're going to have to get him off of a, a right tackle or a left tackle salary to do that. You'd have to convince him this offseason, like, okay, it's in your best interest to play right guard. Well, I, th- I think after this season, um, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'd rather uh, let him go free agent and get the supplemental draft pick. Okay, but then you're – okay, so let's say you do that, right? So then you're moving Dewan Jones to left tackle because I think that's where his future is, his left tackle. We we okay. draft a left tackle with the first round – remember first round draft picks? And I know it's been ages since we had one. We have those let's things? Draft a left tackle. Let's, let, let's draft a left tackle But if you want a good one. left tackle, you're going to have to get those within the top 15 because after you get the top 15, the tackle market drops to like second, third round. I mean, I don't want to well, see the Browns picking top 15 next year. <laughs> okay, well, we'll sign somebody, but I'm not sure that we want to continue with uh, Jed Wills forever. I don't want to make that well, No, I, no I, I agree with you. I'm just saying if you want to continue with Jed Wills, you're going to continue with him at guard, given your, your tackle structure. Or right tackle, which he came out as a right tackle. Well, uh, yeah, he was a right tackle for a left-handed quarterback, though, so that was kind of an unusual situation. That's still playing right tackle. I mean, at this point, he's played left tackle enough that, like, he's used to being a left tackle, and he would have to um, go back to playing right tackle, which, I mean, people think, oh, you played on one side, played the other. They're different positions. They really are. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I get that. So he's going to have to go back to playing right tackle, but his skill set may be more uh, feasible to right tackle. I mean – if he has a bad play, the quarterback at least can see it coming. Okay, and Betonio is 32. You know, how long, you know, is he going to be Joel Betonio? Again, this is where I say I think you play him at left guard next year. See where he's at. Maybe then you have the conversation about moving to right guard. Where that 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 aging could be absorbed in right guard. Well, okay. Well, we've got about three guys playing right guard now, so we've made the problem <laughs> more complicated instead of more simple. Well, I thought the initial question here is what happens if we trade Wyatt Teller? So now we're looking at the options for if we trade Wyatt Teller. I, I mean, if anybody, mm-hmm. again, don't tell Carly Teller, but like, I think if anybody on this offensive line is is like we need to just like part ways with them. One, it's Conklin. Two, it's Teller. I mean, I, I think you need to keep Posick, you need to keep Batonio, you need to keep Jed Wills, because messing with that left side is always an issue. Plus, you got them all locked up. So what's the point? Like Teller's locked up anyway. I think what we're trying to look at is what happens with the salary cap situation. You know, and I understand why the Nick Chubb situation became a thing, right? Because if you cut them, there's only a $4 million dead hit as opposed to a $15 million salary. But I don't I don't think cutting cutting uh, Chubb is a good idea either. 
I think you just got to restructure. They're going to renegotiate that. There, there's no way that they're going to take a 15.8 million dollar uh, cap hit. They right. want to renegotiate a three-year contract. That's what Chubb wants. That's what the club wants. Nobody wants a one-year deal. So that yeah, that I heard whole, you talking uh, about that on the uh, absurd. Fanatical Elves podcast, and I thought you were absolutely right. That's another one of those players you just want to keep him around. And I think he wants to be around. The team wants him around. It's just got to have a deal that makes sense. And I'm not sure 15 million is something that makes sense, but he is ripe for contract extension. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That uh, is just a signal to um, renegotiate or extend his contract. So I'm, yeah, I'm. I I just I do question honestly. Like, do you need Batonio and Teller on this offensive line if you're not going to have a strong commitment to outside zone running? Okay, that they're both actually really really good at that kind of an offense. But if if you're moving away from that offense because of Deshaun Watson or whatever reason you're moving away from it. If you're moving away from that style of offense, do you need the guards to run that offense anymore? And with, with uh, Betonio, I mean, left guard named Joel, I'm always biased towards them, but you know, I'm not sure you need Wyatt Teller. And that position is easier replaced um, than, I mean, than the left guard. And you may, lose some of the run blocking but you may actually gain in pass protection should you move in a different direction in that situation so that's just from an x and o's perspective i think uh, on the right tackle you need a run blocker conklin will do that left tackle you need a pass blocker more than you need a run blocker and jedrick wills is adequate question is that a long-term situation i don't know but god help any person that has to follow joe thomas and that's what he did so, so you know, I don't think Jed Wills could do anything right in our eyes anyway, just because he's following Joe Thomas. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I do think that the Browns have got to trade an offensive lineman uh, this offseason. I don't know who it will be. Um, but I think, I I think you're very... trying to trade Conklin. I think, I think Conklin's the guy. If you can trade him, I don't see how he can be traded. I think he's his contract is so overpaid that it doesn't make any sense unless the Browns are willing to somehow uh, absorb all the money. In which, in which case, um, uh, you know, there's no benefit to to trade him. But I I think the guys that are tradable are the guards, Mm -hmm. um, really. Yeah, I think both of the tackles. Both of the tackles are just overpaid and therefore don't have trade value. I mean, I could see Teller being somebody that like the 49ers might be interested in. The Titans would be interested in. Like you said, the the Patriots would be interested in. The Jets might be interested in a a team that like wants to do this outside zone type scheme. He's going to bring in the money. And the question is, are the Browns that committed to that, that scheme that they're still willing to pay two of the top 10 salaries to guards in the league to do it. I'm not sure they're that committed to it. So then you're talking about parting ways with a guard. And and then that, my opinion would be Teller. Yeah. It's, it, my sense is uh, that they probably have, uh, you know, they've been drafting young offensive linemen. And my sense is, is that they regard them as uh as successful you know that uh mm-hmm. that the 
Weifler or Whipler, sorry, Whipler. Is, uh, mm -hmm. probably a pretty good player and that they'd like to see him evolve into a starter. And, um, uh, you know, you almost hope that Whipler would become the long term answer at center, but Posick's holding down his own. He's another one of those guys that, like, historically, his pass blocking hasn't been the best, um, but he's been a really good run blocker. Um, mm -hmm. Now, now, last couple of years, he's really developed under Bill Callahan as a pass blocker. So I can see keeping him. Now, I'm trying to look up some contracts here for, like, Whipler and, like, what years Dawson Deaton. I don't know about Dawson Deaton. We haven't seen very much of him. Mm -hmm. um, they have Whipler still listed as a center, at least Botrack does, because that's what he was. Yeah, he was a center. Yeah, but um, he didn't play much center. What about? Well, also we had uh, Nick Harris was a nominal second string center. I, I he think, is a free agent. I don't. Do the I Browns think we've seen the last of. I think we've seen the last of Nick Harris. Well, Nick Harris. Have we? Yeah, I my opinion is we have, but. He will be another good litmus test for where this offense is going because Nick Harris was very good coming out of Washington as a zone blocker. Okay, his his pin and pull stuff wasn't the best. His pass blocking, he was overmatched. That's how he's gotten hurt in a lot of ways is getting overmatched by a 300-pound nose tackle who has arm length on him and start pushing him back and he's pulling calves and hurting his knees. Now, as a zone blocker, he's quick, he's agile, he can get into the blocks, um, and that's his value. So if they come back and they resign him, I mean, that's a good signal that they're going to stay with a lot of zone plays. You know, the, the other – yeah, actually, I think your, your overall point that they may not be committed to the uh, zone style of um, blocking mm -hmm. is a very good one. I think that they really want to get a uh, – offense that's more conducive to uh, Deshaun Watson style play. But the point I was going to make was that Nick Harris may be the first string fullback. And um, you with your I'm fullbacks, sure. Elliot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you and the fullbacks, I like full, man. I like fullbacks. I do. But um, <laughs> I don't, you know, we don't, we never saw one thing that burns me up about uh, pro football focus is they never grade him as a fullback. You know, they don't list list him as a fullback. I don't believe. That's but because... it seemed like to me he was pretty devastating. Um, whenever I saw him play, he seemed like he was pushing his man backward, and he was really good at it. I thought, man, he might be you know a all pro um, fullback. And nobody's noticing him. Well, and, you're gonna have to and give him I a guess running then the question number. is, you yeah, give him a, yeah, change him, give him, change give him a running him back to, number, uh, and uh, let him play fullback, right? But, but traditionally, that fullback role has been absorbed into that that H back multi-position player that's usually been your tight end. Right? You've usually been a tight end. So mm -hmm. yeah, the question is, can you justify a roster spot for a guy who plays fullback? I don't know. I mean, don't um, the who, who's got that other Watt brother? Doesn't doesn't he play on some team? The Watt brother that's a fullback. That I don't know. Yeah, there's one of them that's a fullback. I mean, fullback. I mean, unless you're again on like an offense like Kyle Shanahan's, where you've got Kyle Uzcheck, who not only is a fullback but he's also a receiver. 
So that's what makes Juszczyk so interesting is that he can come out of the backfield and be a receiver out of the fullback position. You don't have a lot of that in the league. Fullbacks tend to be like, you know, Nick Harris, big, big guy, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling, going to go block somebody. The problem with fullbacks in your offense is that offenses tend to just key the fullback. Wherever the fullback goes, that's where the football is going. And you can't run an offense consistently like that because everybody's just going to line up and just watch where he runs and just start running there. You know, the Browns have been pretty good at if we have a fullback running some misdirection with the fullback, but long-term your fullback position is very much a predictor of where the ball is going. Unless you're Kyle Juszczyk and then you can run out of the backfield and catch balls and stuff and not be a tradition. I mean, he's, he's more of a third down mm-hmm. back than he is an actual fullback. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. He's, he's a truly multidimensional mm-hmm. player. Nick Harris is not. And that's why I'm not sure whether he can justify a roster spot. Um, but he also did pretty well as a backup um, offensive lineman, both at mm-hmm. center and, and at guard. Um, so I'm not sure if uh, the Browns attempt to resign him. I'm, I, you know, I don't know that he's going to get a substantial pay raise just because he's a free agent. Right. He's got a long history um, of injuries too. Well, there you go. So I think he'd probably be re-signed at close to the NFL minimum. Right. And I the fact that you picked up Luke Whipler should tell you a lot about how they felt about that center position. And Nick Harris long-term. Well, okay. Point well taken. Although I would also say that, where did they draft him? Around six? I mean, that's where you draft offensive linemen, man. Three yeah, six. but I think in round unless, six. Unless you're a left tackle. Unless you're a left tackle, you're going in the first 15. Other than that, offensive linemen are going in round three, four, and five. I mean, six, it might just be, a, we'll take a flyer on this guy. But, I mean, the fact that you're still willing to take a flyer on a center. Yeah, but he also plays guard. You do, you draft the best available athlete in round six. You don't say, oh, I'm going to draft a you know, guy that satisfies my positional need. I don't think you draft that way anyway. You draft uh, whoever can actually play football. Well, I agree. I, I still think it's interesting they're pulling in centers. I mean, if you had just um, Posick and Nick Harris, okay, you had Nick Harris primed to take on that position, and they were actually going to start him at that position, and Posick was the backup. Remember, they they signed him as the backup. Yes. And Harris ended up getting injured right at the beginning of the season, and Posick took over and never looked back. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure Nick well, Harris is reliable. Your best ability is availability, and that's where he struggles. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how many times Nick Harris got injured, but uh, it seemed like didn't he have a calf injury or something on top of the uh, big injury? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a uh, – what did he do, break his leg or something? Yeah, I mean, one time he injured his calf in New York on that surface. He got bull rushed, and the guy basically tore his calf bull rushing. But that's um, that's the quintessential you're overmatched injury. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I like Nick as a fullback. I think he, I I never saw Nick get stopped as a fullback. Maybe he did. I didn't watch enough of uh, the play in order to pick that up, but uh, he looked at unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also tried to use him as the uh, third tight end. Uh, that one, it looked like uh, they wound up abandoning that formation after about midseason. 
So that maybe was not as successful as we would have liked. But okay. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I'm anticipating that the Browns are going to trade somebody from the offensive line just to um, kind of rectify the long-term budget. I, I think they'd like to trade um, either Wills or Conklin. I think it will be very difficult to do so just based uh, on the uh, recent injury history of both players and the fact that they just really gave both of them too much money in order to make them have any real value to other teams. Maybe they can sweeten that by picking up part of their salary. Um, but and I they've think also I shown also... the league that, that the Browns can win without them. So, you know, that further degrades their value when like, hey, I'm paying you this much money, but when you got hurt, we won without you. Yeah, so why did we pay that much money? Exactly. Um, That's what the other teams are going to ask. Do they really that much of a difference maker? Yeah, well, speaking of difference, what about uh, Jaron uh, Christian? Um, I think you retain him he and keep him. tackle for nine games and no real He made good progress. He made good progress, too. So I do think you keep him. He's not he's not all pro material. He'll, he'll give up plays, but, you know, you keep him. I mean, honestly, if you can upgrade a tackle, I would do it. If you can get upgraded tackle while getting rid of salary, I would do that too. Yeah. Either one of them. I'd be happy. I'd be okay with trading either one of them. Yeah, no, I think, I think you do that. And, you know, the other thing is, is that um, even if it, you know, one thing you can possibly do with part of that $13 million is even if it doesn't help your 2024 cap, it's going to make a difference in 2025 and 2026. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of the moves that the Browns are making are, you know, to, oh, we'll just pile on money in 2025 and 2026 and it'll be okay. It's not really like that. You know, the Browns intend to play football and keep the playoff window open as long as Deshaun Watson plays football in Cleveland. And they're going to have trouble doing that if they keep on uh, pushing money into the near future. I don't, I believe that they're, uh, going to have trouble doing that. Um, so they they really have not managed the cap as well as I would have liked for them to do. I would like to they see just... them. I would like to see them literally take this sixty three million, sixty four million hit this year, because if you can do that, right? Doesn't that go down in future years? I mean, it's not sixty four no, million stays a year. Sixty four. It stays at 64 uh, this year and the year after that and the year after that. Well, that'll become less and less part of the percentage of the cap as soon as, as much as the cap goes up. Right. That That is really going to help the Browns that the percentage-wise, mm -hmm. the uh, cap hit will be lessened and uh, the Browns' investment will look proportionately less foolish. So, yeah. That is they're going to have to around. sit on. Uh, they're going to have to sit on this Watson situation with their cap. I mean, that's but a lot you of know, money. the other thing is what what makes it uh, doubly important is that uh, Watson and his agent have less leverage because a week ago it looked like the Browns absolutely had to extend Watson one more year. There was no other way around it. They were going to extend Watson. They needed to clear $30 million by restructuring or extending his contract. And they were going to have to make him, you know, kind of like Kirk Cousins. You're going to have to be 
either the highest paid quarterback or very close to the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And it was probably going to be guaranteed money for another year or maybe two years. Mm-hmm. And now say, well, you know what, Deshaun, we don't actually have to extend you. We're just yeah. going to bite the bullet and pay you the $64 million grin and bear it. And uh, we can uh, clear that $7 million uh, just by renegotiating Nick Chubb, and yeah. that will do it. Yeah, and, and I also uh, think uh, you, by not extending Watson, you you put him into an almost prove it situation. I mean, yeah, you've got him for three more years, but if he wants to be anywhere near what he's making after three years, he's going to have to prove that he's worth it. As opposed to, oh, hey, we're in a calorie salary cap situation. Um, we're going to have to extend you just because of the money we initially gave you and then restructured you on. So I'd like to see him have a little pressure in terms of just prove it. I think he's played well. When he's been out there, he's played well. The problem is he's not out there. Yeah, we don't know for sure. You know, oh, it's just his shoulder. That'll come back for sure. That's wait a minute. You can't have a quarterback with a bum shoulder. What Browns, what are you thinking? You know, there there is no plan B. You know, he has to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And he may not be healthy. And so this is a potentially unaffordable, disastrous situation. I think that the Browns, it behooves the Browns to not extend Watson for another year if they can avoid it, and especially if he's got to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. So mm-hmm. taking away his leverage is yeah. very significant. I also think, you know, <laughs> we're talking about this offensive line stuff. Another way you keep him healthy is you have an offensive line sitting there that can actually block which I think they do when they're healthy, right? You kind of have to keep some little help with Jedrick Wills, maybe Conklin can hold his own. Teller will have some issues just because, you know, that's that's who he is. Posick and, and the Brown uh, Petonio are pretty reliable. So if you can keep Watson upright in the pocket throwing passes and create an offense designed around getting the ball out quick, you can keep him healthy. But in the meantime, that also puts the pressure back on him to perform to justify his contract, particularly if he wants an extension. I mean, who wouldn't want an yeah, extension well, at $63 million? I don't know if you can keep, I don't know <laughs> if he is healthy to start with, you know, because he just had shoulder surgery and that's non-trivial for a quarterback in my estimation. I don't know. Maybe, Oh, it's nothing. Shoulder surgery, big deal. I don't know. Maybe it is no big deal. Well, he's got to do the proper but, rehab uh, and the, get his proper mechanics back. But I was watching the Super Bowl, and neither one of those teams had a backup quarterback in the Super Bowl. So there comes to a point where you have to protect your quarterback, and the quarterback has to protect himself. Uh, All I know is I want to have three quarterbacks on the active roster. And uh, who's the Browns? Two of them will will not take you to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Uh, Well, what about Kurt Warner? Was Kurt Warner... Able to take his team to the Super Kurt Bowl. Kurt Warner I mean, started he, that season. He was the backup quarterback. He started that season. Yeah, but they signed him be, uh, as the backup quarterback. He was and he was a he was a nobody and came out of nowhere. So it's yes, not like they went out and they quarterback. He, it's not like they went out and they got like 
the best backup quarterback and sign him for a lot of money and put him on the roster. They got a guy from yeah, like well, the okay, Barnes Stormers. They signed the number three quarterback, outperformed the number two quarterback, and Dick Vermeil had mm-hmm. the balls to actually promote him, but mm-hmm. he was on the roster, and that's why they were able to start him. Well, that was before you had practice squad. I don't even remember the name of the second string quarterback, but they had a second string quarterback and they said, you know what? Was it was it I think Green? Warner is actually better than the second string guy and we're gonna start him. And said, Vermeil, are you out of your mind? And he did anyway. Yeah. Okay, well that, that's all I got today, Elliot. Okay. Yeah, no, this is a really good discussion. I don't know if we resolved anything. We'll find out what the Browns do. It looks like you know I expect there to be some moves uh, in this uh, offseason on the offensive line. I'll be very surprised if the starting lineup is the same as it was uh, on opening day in 2023. I I think it will be different. I think there will be some player that will change teams. And we may have somebody that changes positions this um, preseason. We'll see what happens. But very educational, Joel. Very grateful to you for coming on this show hey yep. you're the cab guy i have a question for you is Zadarius smith on the roster for this year like is he signed or is that a one year no he has the um, ability to become a free agent so he is becoming a free agent this will be made official uh, when the league year starts so at the okay. moment he's on the roster but when the league year starts he'll be a free agent well then i need to see the salary cap numbers with that because the ones I'm looking at have him on there. So it may be less. Than yeah, seven. no, he's, he's, of course he's on the roster. Everybody's on the roster until he's not, but uh, he has, he will be a free agent when the uh, league year starts. Yeah. And, All right, uh, cool. Yeah. We have a gaping hole at defensive end. So everybody's saying that, Oh, I want a wide receiver. I want a wide receiver. Well, look, Man, we don't have a defensive end. Can we have a defensive end, please? At least we have one or two wide receivers, but there is no defensive end uh, other than Miles Garrett, and uh, that's a problem. Well, you got so hopefully we'll resign some guys. You got some guys, right? You got Alex Wright. You got Isaiah McGuire. I think Okoronkwo is still on the on the squad. Yeah, I'm not sure what uh, whether he'll be ready for the start of the season or not. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, there are some some credible people, but we really would like to have uh, Zadarius. Now, Zadarius is not going to be an every-down defensive end, but I think if we get him to be uh, 50% of the snaps, he might be really good. It's kind of like, you know, uh, Baltimore rediscovered Jadevian Clowney. You know, he couldn't do anything with the Cleveland Browns, and maybe he was playing too many snaps for us. But all of a sudden, he went to Baltimore, and he was his old self. So, Clowney makes more sense as a three-four outside linebacker, which is what he was playing over there in Baltimore, and they primarily used him as a pass rusher. So, he wasn't asked to line up with his hands on the ground and and take on an offensive tackle and defend the run like he was in Cleveland. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, I'd like to use I'd like to use Darius Smith as a designated pass rusher as well. Yep. I think that's what he does best. I, he can do other things. I'm not meaning mm-hmm. to demean his talent, but I think we would really like to see him rush the passer at the same time as Miles Garrett. It was kind of cool uh, when Jim Schwartz would line up both of them on the same side. 
That kind of made me chuckle a little bit. That yeah. was fun. Then what do you do? Help! <laughs> yeah, three defensive. I like the three defensive ends too. They did that a few times. Uh, you know, uh, shades of uh, Greg Williams, three defensive ends uh, on the same defensive line. I like that. All right, sir. It's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. We'll do it again, I hope. Yep. And uh, just let me know. Everybody have a great week. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Uh, we're looking forward to the draft and the free agency and all that kind of stuff. And all, we'll find out how many of these moves actually take place. Um, please comment. Uh, you can reach me at, at TH Village Elliot on Twitter. And, um, you know, comment on YouTube was also a good way. And um, go Browns. Go Browns.